Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send your questions to Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, 2-2-21. What's going on today, Doug? Well, um, unfortunately, there were two FBI agents killed down in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And, um, that, that's, that's, that doesn't happen very often. It's yeah. always a risk. Uh, so we want to remember their prayers, uh, prayers for their family and for the people around them, special agent, Daniel Alfin and special agent, Laura Schwarzenberger. They were shot and killed this morning, uh, serving a search warrant mm. on a, um, uh, basically a child pornography and sexual exploitation, mm. uh, case down there uh alfin was 36 years old and uh schwarzenberger was 43 uh she'd been with a a bureau for about 15 years he'd been there uh since 2009 Mm -hmm. so these these were not just new agents but uh they were working on this and just serving a search warrant you know and i've i've searched served search warrants before it's always scary when you go out there you knock on the door because you never know um you know, when you're investigating things and, uh, you know, child pornography and sexual exploitation of children right now is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's human trafficking is, um, huge and, uh, it's just sad. Their, uh, their lives were taken and, um, others were wounded apparently. So, mm-hmm. I mean, typically, and you go into th- th- this is not what you would expect serving a search warrant for this kind of thing, mm-hmm. unless it's a big ring. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'm sure more information will come out. Just remember uh, their families uh, of, uh, again, uh, praying for the family of Daniel Alfin and Laura Schwarzenberger. Um, that's uh, just uh, sad, you know, yeah. and I mean, uh, just two more law enforcement officers killed in the line of duty out trying to protect mm-hmm. the vulnerable, yeah. which are children. So uh, that's uh, it's just somber, yeah. you know, I mean, like, uh, and I don't know. It's getting a little bit of coverage. I don't know how much coverage it'll get, but it was, uh, you know, being a former agent, I, I just it, yeah. it takes me back to days that I went into mm-hmm. houses and did that stuff. And you know, you go out there, and those police officers every day go out on the beat, and they go out on the street, and they go serve search warrants and do things, and they put their lives at risk every day yeah. to protect people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we need to always keep remembering them in our prayers. So uh, anyway, uh, that happened. Uh, also, I don't know if you saw out in San Francisco, they voted to dename mm-hmm. uh, schools that were named after Abraham Lincoln, of all people, mm-hmm. uh, George Washington, and Diane Feinstein. And, uh, you know, history... If you think about history and the purpose of history, it's to kind of tell a story of what has happened 
And a lot of times schools were named, streets are named after people that have had significant influence. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when you think about a pre- the first president of the United States or Abraham Lincoln, who was a very significant president in the United mm-hmm. States, why wouldn't you care about schools being named after them? I mean, that that's just, I mean, that's such a, 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 a petty thing to me to spend your time as a school board renaming schools when most of those kids out there aren't even in school because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and now more and more evidence is coming out that they're less vulnerable and they should be in school. Mm-hmm. So instead, we're going to focus on false enemies and straw men arguments that uh just to occupy times well yeah i would say it's um you know more evidence of a a cultural revolution in in a mindset and uh you know a worldview that says america is evil and must be um you know taken off the face of the earth i mean that's what you see usually with uh radical revolutions quote unquote and yeah we're not seeing that completely you know across the country in the streets but that doesn't mean that there's people who um don't have that mindset that, you know, like the French Revolution and stuff like that, that they want to completely erase what was in the past. Well, they they voted to change the names of 42 schools because, because of, and the key word is alleged <laughs> associations with slaveholding, colonization, or oppression. If it hit any one of those three categories, then they just remove the name. They said, they're, okay, we're going to go ahead and remove the name. Have you seen they're having trouble uh, coming up with new names? And uh, they've had some acronyms, um, and then someone said that the acronyms that they were going to use for the names were racist, and so in white supremacist, uh, to use an acronym is a white supremacist thing, and so they're they're having trouble even trying to rename them because their you know belief is so contradictory. <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, here's what's funny is the guy who – articulated uh in the declaration of independence the pursuit of life liberty you know pursuit mm-hmm. of happiness thomas and jefferson there's a school out there with his name on it gone mm. you know um so um, it, it, the the spreadsheet that was provided to the panel um the cause for removing the name is simply one word they owned a slave mm. even though it was illegal uh, to not own us to to abolish slavery according to king george mm-hmm. when they were yeah. there you know um anyway so uh thomas jefferson was a slave owner yes uh was he complicit in slavery yes no no question did he author the declaration of independence yes mm-hmm. he did uh, did he contribute a lot of other good things to our culture yes was he a flawed human being? Yes. Um, I just think we're going down a very dangerous road to rewrite things and to tarnish people um, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we just we pick a category. And not that it was, wasn't bad. I'm not saying that there were things that weren't uh, bad and, and people didn't do bad things. But... Um, Race-based chattel slavery, which you mentioned a few weeks ago, is one of the greatest evils, really, to have marked humanity, all the stuff that took place there. But you can't just go to a spreadsheet and say, okay, he owned a slave, he's bad. Mm -hmm. Some of these people might have bought slaves to protect them. 
I'm not saying that he did. I don't know. I know that some people did. They, they to take them from somebody else in order to care for them. Well, I mean, like you see over in the Middle East right now, um, people, uh, there's organizations that are like Operation Underground Railroad. Yeah. Um, I think that's what they call themselves. Uh, they, they go and they buy sex slaves and people kind of, and then they bring them to America and, and get, you know, uh, or not to America, they take them to find their families and give them back to their families. So, yeah, there's a, you could make a case, well, they bought a slave, so they're not doing good things. Um, but regardless of kind of what has happened in the past, I think that we, um, in the way that we uh, kind of combat uh, the 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 crazy stuff that goes on um and the deciding to erase history i think that uh the response to that it by and large has been ineffective um just because we don't really have a full grasp of you know our history in general and the full nuances of it to be able to say well let's look at it this way like we talked about uh like david barton talked about that instead of saying oh america had slaves to look at and say america you know, was the first country to start abolishing slavery in the world. And they fought a war to, you know, that many men died to make sure that that made it throughout the whole country. And and so it's the way that we talk about it is, you know, playing into the hands of those who want to destroy the country. Oh yeah. Well, they want to rewrite history and just, they, they, they want to demonize people who, were human beings and flawed, but who also made contributions to our country. You look at uh, that Herbert Hoover was taken off the list because he was deemed a racist uh, and a defender of white supremacy. Franklin Roosevelt came off because of his involvement with the internment of the Japanese. Um, uh, I mean, when you when you stop and think about that, well, they went all the way up to Diane Feinstein, who's still alive and serving. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, think about FDR. And, uh, you know, um, he played a very important part in our history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if if you take one of the reasons you have names on schools is you explain, you know, people go, why is this name Jefferson Memorial? Or why is this called, you know, um, Hoover School or whatever? And you tell them. James Garfield came off because he treated Indians poorly. I mean, uh, William McKinley came off because he treated people in the Philippines poorly. I mean, I, I just it just goes on and on. And I, I just think um, even Francis Scott Key came off because uh, here's a guy who wrote the Star Spangled Banner, our mm-hmm. national anthem, but he was identified as a slave owner. So he's off. Paul Revere. Guess what? slave owner he's off i mean these people played very significant parts in our history yeah they were flawed men they're not perfect but this is just ridiculous all this revisionist stuff we're doing and trying to erase that i think we need to pray that our leaders will have a little more wisdom than that yep uh so stick with us we're up against the break we'll be back with more after the break you're listening to swat radio stay tuned If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. 
We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. We'll all be here, but not quite. We'll all never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no. That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we took the first segment of the day to talk about the news of the day. And we're going to continue uh, with that just a little bit. And then we're going to be getting into Acts uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. We looked at 12 through 14 yesterday, and we're going to continue uh, from there. So uh, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about this, uh, what's going on in San Francisco with the renaming of... Uh, schools uh public schools uh in that area and just kind of how you know how ridiculous it is um but also how it's a it's a symptom of a world view that seeks to destroy uh what we have what has been created uh, by our founders and our uh forebears yeah uh, people who really wanted a nation that um when they founded it and they wrote the Declaration of Independence and they wrote the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and all that stuff, they wrote it with the understanding that um, that freedom has to be bounded mm-hmm. with a view of Christianity really at its core. And I know there's a lot of people that might take issue with that, but you, you and I were talking about this the other day. They, when they talked about freedom of religion, the founding fathers, they were talking about it with the understanding that I would not force you to be a Methodist mm-hmm. or I would not force you to be a Presbyterian or a Catholic or whatever. Yeah, It was, it was always with an underlying view of a Christian-based faith. Mm-hmm. It was not thinking that you would come over here when they wrote that. Now, Throughout time, we've reinterpreted that mm-hmm. uh, to mean any religion. And I heard John MacArthur preaching on this the other day, and I, I was sharing with you yesterday that, um, you know, we should not advocate for Muslims to take over and come over here and really dominate our culture because it's a pagan worship. Mm-hmm. They worship a false god. Yeah, and I think you, the culture, dominating the culture, that's the biggest thing that needs to be emphasized there is that uh, there needs to be an ascension, uh, people uh, saying that the Christian values and the Christian worldview in the culture at large is something that they assent to living by. Yeah. You know. Um, well, that always has been yeah. the, the value system, but we've gone away from mm-hmm, that now. Exactly. And yeah. now we've so perverted it that now we're saying that men can marry men, women can marry women. And I'm actually even reading on social media that people are saying these things and saying that God blesses those things, mm -hmm. that God, uh, God gave me my partner who is a lesbian or a homosexual, which is a, just a, that's an absurdity. And it's, it's gone even farther than that to the very essence of who we are as humans. Uh, A man uh, can be a woman or can be no. Whatever. A man can say he's a woman. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But a man 
can't change his DNA. Right, but in the way that they think it, that's what that's that, that's how far they've deconstructed who we are as uh, human beings. Is that they think that biology is just interchangeable. You can flip through to whatever. I'm not saying that that's the truth, but that's how far gone we have. You know how far we've gone as a society to move away from those Christian values and well, principles. Well, well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, the the males will. I mean, if a man thinks he's a woman, he can't change his X to a Y chromosome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, he's yeah. he's carrying that chromosome, mm-hmm. and that's a part of his DNA. And so God, so so really, when you stop and think about it, God is the the God of science. I mean, mm-hmm. his, his design. The way he created us is, you know, and and this is a problem for a lot of believers who are also politically motivated. Mm -hmm. I think we're using the wrong argument sometimes because you and I believe in God and we're we're men of faith and we want to see our government uh, do the right things and have Christian values. But the but the reality is. It's too easily dismissed by government a lot of times when people make an argument, this is the right moral thing. The reality is science says that a man can't change to be a woman. Mm -hmm. He only changes the exterior. He doesn't change the interior. And, And so that's a scientific thing. You know, the, uh, uh, some parties claim to be the party of science, but yet, they only apply the science when it's beneficial to them. And I realize that people play politics all the time. Uh, but one of the things we have to be careful of is, you know, Paul was a Roman citizen. He used it for God's glory, and he used it to get a message across. He never claimed it for his own personal benefit mm-hmm. that we know of. In Scripture, it was always uh, he claimed it what? Because he was using it. Mm-hmm to glorify God and to have an uh, audience with in Rome to mm-hmm. go over there. And so uh, if our identity is rooted more in our country than in Christ, it's sin. It's wrong, period. Plain, simple, end of story. Doesn't mean you can't be a patriot. Doesn't mean you can't have strong feelings about our country. We should. This has been a very blessed country. But we are not a Christian country. We are a country that was based on Christian values initially, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but a country can't be a Christian. It's a country. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a geopolitical thing. It's not a human being with a soul. And so a country can be inhabited by believers who are a majority in a country, but we're not a theocracy. We're, we're a democratic Republic. We're not a democracy either. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to be a democratic Republic. And so as believers, our our primary responsibility is to our king, who is Jesus. And the other night we were listening to this message on uh, Samuel and how the people of Israel cried out for a king when they had a king. Mm-hmm. And And I think sometimes we want political solutions when God has given us our marching orders and given us doesn't mean we can't have our voice to be heard because we live in a culture it gives us that freedom but we've got to always remember that our citizenship is not here primarily our citizenship is in heaven and so 
how do we function here? How do we uh, carry ourselves here? Uh, watching that Apostle Paul movie, if you haven't seen that, you it, it's mm. worth looking, Paul, an Apostle of Christ. Now, I realize it's it's a movie, but we had Andrew Hyatt, the director, on here a couple oh, really? years ago. That's cool. And uh, interviewed him about it. He really wanted to try to be true to the Gospels. And, man, the, the message of the Bible is sprinkled all throughout that film. Mm-hmm. Paul's words most of the time were Scripture. Mm-hmm. And so as you listen to it, it helps you to think about the time where the Christians were just being thrown to Nero's cur- cur- you know, circus mm-hmm. and they were being burned. And, and the reality of how painful it was to walk as a Christian in that culture, and we think it's bad for us here, but it was not like it was there. And yet Paul when there were in the movie, there were some people that were going to take up arms because the Romans had killed a Christian, mm-hmm. a young Christian. And you can understand, you and I could understand how we would want to take revenge and, and create some freedom there uh, for people who are believers to escape. And yet Paul says, listen, this is not the way. You know, this is not the way. We we carry a message of Jesus Christ. This is not our kingdom here we are we are aliens in this culture and ambassadors and remember from last week or the year a couple weeks ago that our primary responsibility is to be an ambassador of the one true king and jesus said when he was on earth he says don't you realize i called down you know all these angels to to basically wipe you out and and when peter picked up that sword uh he said wait peter this, this is part of the plan and so what we've got to step back from everything going on in our culture right now and say, okay, God, is this part of your plan? I mean, how do you want me to function in this culture as it is right now? I have a voice through a congressman, through a senator, uh, you know, through making my voice heard. How do you want me to respond to what's going on in the culture other than being your ambassador? Uh, I'm letting my voice be heard for good values. And like Wayne Grudem said, we want to – stick up for a platform and let our voice be heard for a platform that celebrates life that values life that values family values and god's design for family and and we don't want to affirm sin ever and and so when somebody says you know we need to respect people's rights to be homosexual well we we can love that person because and pray for them, hoping that they will change, that God will get a hold of their hearts like the people in Corinth who turned away from that. Uh, But if they don't, we just pray that God would uh, continue to open their eyes and hopefully draw them to himself and do everything within our power to not codify those things, Mm -hmm. you know, as we can, trusting that it's God who allows leaders to be in charge and Congress and all that stuff in our country, because that's our leadership. But we, you know, we are, who's in leadership here is not as important as who our leader is. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I have a question for you though. Um, just as far as like leadership, um, if, if there are, uh, representatives, like they're representatives of the people. So does that not mean that, you know, the people are the true leaders of, uh, you know, the government and the way we, that, that we go? Well, the, the, the way that our Constitution is designed is we elect 
we elect congressmen mm-hmm. to go represent us and senators. So when they go up there, they are representatives to supposed to represent us. Right. If they don't do that, the remedy to that is to vote them out of office. Yeah. But once we elect them, either we've been duped or that's the will of the people of that area. Does that make sense? Yeah. So my question in asking that is, you know, the, the what we need to be doing is uh, – changing the hearts and minds of the people at large exactly by being a voice for good values Mm -hmm. a voice for those things and a light but again we have to guard against thinking that if we have just the right leaders in office then you know um then we're gonna have a great country i mean it's not that we won't we want a good country Mm -hmm. we want the good for everybody we want a government that takes care of people but, you know, we got to remember Christianity is not uh, Jesus wrapped in an American flag, yeah. which I think sometimes we can tend to view it that right. way. And, and I think that, you know, generally speaking, a society gets the government that they deserve or that they want. And so if we have an issue, if there's issues in our government, we have to look at the society as at large, um, you know, as far as like the, the American Revolution, the type of society that they had was one that a lot of people were following the Bible and Christian values, and uh, then the government they had was not doing so, and so they took up arms, I think. But where we're at now is we have a society that doesn't know God and a government that acts accordingly, and it's it's not our lot at this point to take up arms. It's our lot to try to transform the society, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And bring us back to those Christian values. I, th- I think the confusing thing for a lot of people is there's some question about whether uh, our president and Congress are our leaders or the Constitution is our leader. Mm-hmm. What is the real authority? You know, and that's something that has to be worked out within our government, you know, checks and balances. So. Yeah, and I think it also needs to be worked out in the the thinking of the church at large oh well, you know yeah I mean? so, we need to have conversations for sure yeah all right we are up against the news break we'll be back with more after the news uh you can download our swat app in the app store we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in virginia at the lighthouse as well as in meridian mississippi listening on wmer you're listening to swat radio stay tuned we'll be back after the news Back to SWAT Radio. That was Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Uh, if you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26 uh, this week. And that's where we're going to be going next. Uh, yesterday we went through 12 through 14. So if you missed that and you would like to go back and listen to it, you could go to uh, www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com and click on the past programs link and listen to our uh 
program from yesterday, or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download the SWAT app in the App Store and listen there. Um, hey, I just uh, I wanted to go back over yesterday, um, 12 through 14. So I'm going to have you read it again real quick. And then we're, we're looking at this idea of God's man, God's men. Uh, specifically, Matthias was chosen to be the 12th apostle because Judas served as one of the disciples who his function was to be the betrayer. Mm-hmm. He was never going to be the apostle to the, you know, the, to the church or to the Jews on Pentecost. And so they had to have that 12th because there were 12 tribes and that they were going to have 12 men and Matthias got chosen. And really this is the story of that. And, and remember Luke wrote acts to Theophilus. He's unfolding the story about how the work of Jesus began in the gospel of Luke and he began gathering the elect to himself and it's going to continue in Acts, starting in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we saw three things in this passage, 12 through 26, uh, that God's men follow Jesus with an abiding love. And second, they see their circumstances through a scriptural lens. And then third, they're called or chosen and called to serve a sovereign Lord. And we're focusing in primarily on verses 12 to 14 today. Tomorrow we're going to get into 15 through 26. Um, But I really want to go back to this first section because there's a lot there um, and really focus on this abiding love, uh, obeying, and what we see in this short little text of verses 12 through 14. So go ahead and read that uh, again, Taylor. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers." And so what we have here is we have the 11 apostles. They're disciples who are going to be the apostles to the church. The birth of the church is going to, they're going to be the foundation. It says in Ephesians, they're the foundational part of the church. These are big A apostles. They had very unique gifts, very unique calling to be witnesses to the Jewish people. Paul was also an apostle, but he was a unique apostle. These apostles, uh, to be one of the 12 apostles, you had to have been with Jesus from the beginning. We're going to get into that tomorrow. You had to have seen the resurrection, and you had to have been chosen by him. And so they're there with women, Mary, Cleopas, um, uh, Salome, Mary Magdalene, uh, Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus, and it says, and his brothers, the brothers of Jesus, his half-brothers, brothers um, not born of God, obviously, but born of Mary and Joseph. And so they're there. We talked a little bit about it yesterday. It says early on in verse 12, they return to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet or Mount of Olives. Now, why is that significant? Because they were from Galilee. Jesus had been crucified, you know, 40 days earlier in Jerusalem. The authorities knew that he had followers and for them to go back meant they put their lives in danger, but they did it anyway. Why? Because he told them to. And 
God's men follow Jesus with an abiding love. And what that means is abiding means to walk with. And it, and Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, you will obey me. You will obey me. He also said over in John 15, he says, uh, I'm the vine and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more. And he goes on down to verse five. He, five, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And walking with Jesus, these men are empowered in a new way. I mean, they're walking with him. They go down and it says they devoted themselves to prayer. They weren't praying to receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. They were praying because they wanted to converse with Jesus. They wanted to abide with him in him. They want to walk with him. And so, um, and I shared, I think, I don't know if I shared this yesterday. Maybe I did. But, you know, Pentecostals believe that prayer is a condition of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that came about in the 1900s, early 1900s. um, And it, it came about really as a result of faulty theology. And it's been very, very confusing for people to seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like if you're not going to get it unless you ask for it. Now, in the Pentecostal way of thinking, is that something that happens like you got to do that when you become saved, or is it like something you have to continually do is seek the baptism of the Spirit? And like you can be, after you've had it, it can be gone and you have to pray for it again? Or Well, no. Uh, it is, well, basically, they, it's so confusing because, um, there was a guy named Marsh, I think it was Marsh, that early 1900s, uh, and he basically taught that if you ask for the Holy Spirit, the baptism, then you will get it, and the accompanying sign is speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. But the word tongues is the word for languages. It really is better translated languages, and and it's been so confusing, and we're going to... I'm going to teach about it this week when we um, we go, you know, at the swap meetings because mm-hmm. we're actually looking at the day of Pentecost. Um, but there was no qualification um, or praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It came because Jesus said it was going to come. It was it was um, it was promised. The guy's name was Parham, and he said that if you seek the baptism of the Spirit, then tongues will accompany you. And again. The, the word tongues is really not a great translation. It's more languages. So I want you to think about that if you're listening today because the disciples were praying and they were praying to converse with Jesus, to walk with him, to abide with him. And, and we see in this, I pointed out yesterday, James, the brother of Jesus, it just says the brothers, it would have been James and Jude, mm-hmm. who ends up writing the letters, James and Jude. James ends up being the leader of the Jerusalem church, along with uh, Mary and the other women. Now, I want to address this issue of Mary here, because Mary, this is the last time Mary, the mother of Jesus, is mentioned in the scriptures. And a lot of churches today teach that Mary is a co-redemptrix or a co-redeemer with Jesus, that she's on an equal par with Jesus. Now, Mary is blessed 
There's no question she's blessed among women, but she's not deity. Uh, that has never been a part of the early church doctrine. It's not I mean the early church fathers or the Bible. It's not biblical. Um, this is the last time that Mary's mentioned in Scripture. And notice Peter's not praying to Mary. Mm-hmm. Mary's not leading this group. She's praying with them as well. But she can't answer prayer. She prays herself. Mary is never exalted in Scripture as deity, and she never exalts herself above the other people. And I think that's really important to make a distinction here. Where did that come from? You know, because I know there's a papal bull that came around 1400, 1500 A.D. that said that Mary was without stain of original sin, which would make her what? God. Yeah. Deity. If she's not sinful, right? There's because there's only one who doesn't mm-hmm. sin. And so where does this queen mother come from? Because she's referred to as queen mother, queen of heaven. Well, there's a mother child cult worship that goes all the way back to Genesis chapter ten. And there was a guy named Nimrod, and Nimrod really was the father of Babel. He's the one that orchestrated the whole Babel, Tower of Babel thing. He was the leader there. And he had a wife named Semiramis. And Semiramis uh, was a priestess of idol worship. And she had a son named Tammuz, T-A-M-M-U-Z. And I'm sorry, T-A-M-U-Z-Z. And Tammuz um, was uh, killed by a wild boar. And apparently she wept and fasted for 40 days. And during that 40-day period, uh, other people joined her, I guess. And then at the end of 40 days, he was resurrected. So Satan is already counterfeiting the resurrection of Jesus thousand years before, thousands mm-hmm. of years before. So this is Semiramis and Tammuz. Now, uh, in this mother-child cult worship is known in other circles of that time period. Rome, it was Venus and Cupid. Greece, it was Aphrodite and Ares. In Egypt, it it was Isis and Osiris. But it's the same mother-child cult worship. It included not only this whole idea of, of, of 40 days of fasting and weeping, doing without, uh, which is really a precursor to Lent, A lot of people don't know that, but it's a precursor to Lent. I'm not saying that is what Lent represents to people, but Mm -hmm. that was where it came from. And around, I guess, 300 A.D. or some people said, let's let Lent represent 40 days that Jesus was in the wilderness. But it had pagan originations there. And so when we come back, I want to point out a verse in Jeremiah and Ezekiel uh, that might surprise you about this. Okay. All right. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed for the good Lord. That is Rescuer by Ren Collective. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 12 through 20, or excuse me, chapter 1, <laughs> verses 12 through 26. You just took us up 12 <laughs> chapters, man. Verses 12 through 26 uh, this week, and today we're looking at 12 through 14 specifically, uh, talking about um, what the uh, apostles did uh, immediately after returning to Jerusalem um, after Jesus ascended into heaven. So if you have any questions about that or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Hey, Taylor, uh, go to um, Jeremiah chapter 44 and start with verse 15. And here's what's going on. God is speaking to the people through Jeremiah concerning all the Judeans who lived in the land of Egypt, at Migdal, all around Egypt. And he's basically condemning their idolatry. And remember that I said that before we went to break, that the queen of heaven... Mary's referred to as the queen mother, queen of heaven, um, is, is idolatry. And I want I want you, I just want to show that it didn't start with this, uh, church, the modern church who, uh, often lifts Mary up in idolatry, uh, because that's what it is. When you pray to her, she can't hear your prayers. Mm-hmm. There's one intercessor for us. That's Jesus. And so if you go to Jeremiah 44 and read, starting in verse 15, and read all the way down through verse 17. All right. Then all the men who knew that their wives had made offerings to other gods and all the women who stood by a great assembly, all the people who lived in Pathros in the land of Egypt answered Jeremiah, as for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you, but we will do everything that we have vowed, make offerings to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings. Wait, what was that name? Queen of heaven. Yep. Yeah. And we will. So we're that basically, let me just go back just a second. What you read, what God said to them is, I mean, what he records for us in Jeremiah is their response to the word from Jeremiah who represented God. And it said, we're not going to listen to you. 
Instead, we're going to make our offerings to the queen of heaven. Mm. And go ahead and read. Uh, uh, and that. pour out drink offerings to her as we did, both we and our fathers, our kings and our officials, in the cities of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. For then we will... Then we had plenty of food and prospered and saw no disaster. Yeah, so what are they saying there? Uh, They're saying that uh, when we gave to her, life was good. Mm. So their their rationale for not listening to Jeremiah and sacrificing to the idol is because it appeared as if Things worked out better when they fell into the culture. Yeah, we went along with the culture, mm-hmm. and life was better for us. That's what they said. Um, we then we had uh, then, for then we had plenty of food, and we prospered. So what they're saying is their prices for them to be taken care of and satisfied. So that they're following Jesus or God at that time, they were following God was conditional on what is what he he would provide yeah it was conditional to them mm-hmm. so what they're saying is if if god you ca- called you to do without then you weren't going to follow him yeah. anymore and i wonder maybe you're listening out there today and maybe sometimes you think it's better because it's a little tougher to really follow him i think about the disciples i think about paul who was beaten so many times i think about the apostles uh, who we just read their names, who uh, all of them were martyred except for John. Um, What if they had adopted that mentality? We Mm -hmm. wouldn't have what we have today. We wouldn't have the opportunity of heard the gospel. And so I just want to point out that again, the queen of heaven did not start with a papal bull. The queen of heaven, the idolatry of Mary did not start with the Pope. Mm-hmm. It started way before back with Semiramis and Tammuz and the idolatry of Babel. That Babel, the Tower of Babel, is kind of the birthplace of idolatry. And idolatry is when we are looking to anything other than God to take God's place. And so now go over to Ezekiel chapter 8. Again, you see... Uh, the children of Israel rebelling against the one true living God. And I want you to hear this. And you go, how do you know about Tammuz and and uh, Semiramis and Nimrod? Well, Nimrod's in the Bible. Semiramis is mentioned in, in other writings about their pagan beliefs, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... The Bible is not the story of all pagan religions. You see pagan names in here, and you're going to see one right here in Ezekiel uh, chapter 8. And on Ezekiel 8, I want you to go up and read. Uh, just start in um, uh, verse, uh, let's see, start in verse 12. All right, verse 12. Then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the dark? each in his room of pictures. For they say, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. He said also to me, You will see You will see still greater abominations that they commit. Then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate of the house of the Lord, and behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Then he said to me, 
Have you seen this, O son of man? You will see still greater abominations than these. Well, so he said, uh, you're going to see. So I want you to step back when he says, son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house are doing? Uh, Israel are doing. He says, each of them in his room of pictures. What are those pictures? Idols. They're idols. For they say the Lord doesn't see us. He's forsaken the land. Again, people are believing because they're not getting what they think they should get. They're turning their backs on God and turning to idols. And he says, you're going to see greater abominations. Then he goes to verse 14, and he goes into the temple itself, and there were women weeping for Tammuz. And who was Tammuz? He was the fictional son of Semiramis. And fictional in that, you know how she was supposedly impregnated by the rays of sunlight. She supposedly had a virgin birth, and then he was killed, and she wept for 40 days. And they were weeping. They were, I don't want to say they're celebrating Lent because it's different, Mm -hmm. but that's where it came from. And and so Tammuz is this son of the, the mother god, the priestess, Semiramis. And that was the beginning of that mother-child cult worship that has infiltrated even the church so that now people, you know, one of the guys at SWAT told me the other day that in one church he saw Mary on a cross. What? Yep. In America? Yeah. They had actually had Mary on a cross. And so the, the whole idea of uh, Marian idolatry was never, you didn't even see that in the early church. It wasn't until later that this, even though they had the mother-child cult worship, Mary was not revered as deity. You see it even in this text. She's just with them praying and after this, she's not mentioned again. Do you think if we should pray to Mary that maybe Paul would have mentioned it to Titus or mm-hmm. Timothy? Do you think that if we should be praying to Mary that maybe in the uh, the book of John, the three books that John wrote, or maybe the Revelation, he would have mentioned it? Uh, do you think maybe in the letters to Corinth, Galatia, Philippi, uh, Colossae, uh, Corinthians, to Rome, don't you think? that maybe Paul would have mentioned that, Mm -hmm. but he never mentions her name again. And so I think that what happens is that uh, the enemy gets people swept up into religion and idol worship and hopes of securing what they want or what they think they need, just in the same way the children of Israel was. And so I know that's hard for some people to hear, because some people come up in traditions that they are taught these things and they buy into them and they don't know what the Bible says. They've never explored the Bible. They don't even know that Tammuz was in the Bible, that he was part of a mother-child cult worship, and that was a precursor to what was going on with Marian idolatry. And that's why you people say Mary appeared over in Fatima, over in Europe. Mm. Or Mary mm. appeared down in South America. Yeah. Or Mary appeared here. Or Mary appeared there. That is, you don't see that anywhere in the early church. 
and the the early church fathers who wrote um like i said mary was blessed among women but she was not deity and the bible never speaks of her sinlessness because she was a sinful person just like you and me uh, she just carried the one who was sinless in her body yeah and uh, and i'm glad uh, i'm glad that uh, mary did that and i'm glad that uh, we have what transpired with her and even in acts that luke saw fit to write that she was there but she played no special role and I think we, we need to be aware of that because I think so often, whether it's uh, within, it, it doesn't matter where, what denomination you come from or what church background you come from. It's easy sometimes. And I was talking earlier about how Pentecostals believe you got to pray mm-hmm. to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That baptism of the Holy Spirit's only mentioned six times like that in Scripture. And four of them are in the Gospels where Jesus said, you will be baptized. Or John said, you know, I baptize with water, but you will be baptized with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And and so uh, when we're studying this week, we're going to see that, and we're going to take a further look at, at, you know, at SWAT this week about what that really means on Pentecost. But just remember this. You follow Jesus with an abiding love to be his man or his follower, his person. And that's what uh, really 12 through 14 is about. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we are out of time for the day. We're so glad that you have been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you again tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual.